You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Free stuff is the best, but free stuff that will ignite your Valentine's Day is even better. Check this out. When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get it at 50% off. That's amazing by itself, but here's where they load on the free stuff. When you enter my exclusive code at checkout, Holly, not only do you get 50% off one item, you'll also get 10 tantalizing free items. First, for your viewing pleasure, six free movies. Next, a free mystery pack that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, free shipping. Now that's a lot of free Valentine stuff. So head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use offer code HOLLY. Again, that's H-O-L-L-Y, because without it, there will be no free Valentine stuff. That's Holly at adamandeve.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is a video on demand website that offers all of the latest and the greatest adult movies from more than 50 years of adult movie making, including films by me. Go to hotmovies.com slash bonus and enter the promo code Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, and you'll get 20 free minutes on hotmovies.com. No purchase is necessary. With special exclusive releases every month, you can always see them first at hotmovies.com. Today on the podcast, I have Maddie O'Reilly. Maddie is a very sweet looking girl next door who has a penchant for pretty extreme scenes. She is a self-proclaimed pain slut and... The kind of stuff that she does is going to perhaps make your skin crawl, but in a good way. So you definitely got to tune into this episode because this girl is so much more than meets the eye. So let's welcome Maddie O'Reilly to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, Maddie. Hi. How are you? Good. So I have to guess from your name, you have like some Irish ancestry, I would assume. <laughs> um, for the longest time, I didn't think so. Um, the name was kind of given to me when I came in just because of like the color of my hair and stuff. Ah. And then we just recently, my family, we did like our whole family tree and we do have, it's like a lot of English and Irish. But That's for a long awesome. time, I was like, no, I don't have any Irish in me. It's a funny story. Oh, you thought you were <laughs> yeah. a fraud. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, wait. You yeah. yeah, I know that um, my great-great-grandmother was Irish. Um, and obviously, my mom's English, so that whole side's English. So I definitely have Irish in me, too. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I've never done one of those DNA tests. So it would be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, Maddie, you just came back from like a two-month break, right? Yeah. I so, worked maybe, I did like uh, two shoots, I think, in December, mm-hmm. and feature dance, and then basically the entire month of January was off. That must have been nice. <sighs> so great. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I've purposely taken a month off. I had a bad year last year where there was a couple of months where I pretty much had no work, but that was not of my own volition. I just oh. <laughs> got dropped by a couple clients. Um, but it must have, what did you do? Did you just like, I didn't do anything. Oh, was I, it like, the best thing ever? It was so nice. I feel really refreshed. I went, um, and spent like from right around Christmas to, uh, right before AVN in Northern California. So mm-hmm. I was just up there hanging out and it was the you best fam- time ever. Do you have family up there? My guy lives up there. So uh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that must have been nice. It was so great. I didn't have to wear makeup. I just like chilled in like comfy clothes. It was great. And you guys just played like really aggressive board games oh, the whole God. time? There's this thing <laughs> called fucking putterball and it's like a mixture of beer pong and uh, mini golf. But okay. we don't use it like in the beer pong fashion. We just okay. putt back and forth. And okay. Yeah, it's caused... A lot of chaos, yeah. So before the podcast started, we were talking (laughs) about like how aggressive and competitive we both get when we play games with our boyfriends, whether it be board games or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Fuck. pretty. It's pretty bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> well, it's like good. I, I, you know, it's funny. I when I when I was dating my boyfriend, um, when I first started dating him, we played Scrabble together, and I beat him twice. And I was an English major, so sometimes I like to think I'm, you know, more verbose than others. But he's very, very smart. And so I beat him twice at Scrabble at the beginning. So, like, boy, did I hold that over. Oh, his yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, ever since then, he's beat me at Scrabble literally every single time we've played. And he just doesn't ever let me forget. Um, hubris is a, is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would make me mad. If I lost consistently, I would just be like, all right, I'm not playing that game anymore. Let me find something else. That's like, kind of oh. how I, yeah, kind of how I felt. Uh, we just went to Sequoia last weekend. And uh, we played Monopoly, uh, the National Parks Edition, which was which was cool. I saw it in the gift shop, and I bought it for way too much money. And he absolutely destroyed me. And we just the way we were talking to each other was bad. I mean, we were getting so aggressive and just really patronizing. Yep. It was like it brought out the worst in both of us. I feel. Yep, we've um, unfollowed each other on social media over um, Bop It. Really? Yes. Bop it. Um, there's a game called Clask, and Clask actually reached out and made a custom board for me. Oh wow! Um, what is that game? It's like a it's like air hockey, but with magnets, basically. Oh, air and hockey it's like makes all me wooden. angry. It's, oh god, this game is great, but yeah, it causes like you know what game makes me the most angry of all the games. I don't know why is foosball. Like that makes me crazy. Oh, like yeah, foosball makes okay. me really <laughs> yeah. turns me into a monster. There's something about that game that I get like so angry. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. So, um now that you're back to work, do you yes. have like any big projects planned or shoots coming up that you're excited about? Um I'm doing a lot of fun stuff for my Snapchat right now. I kind of wanted to like cuz obviously I do whatever gets booked and I don't always get to pick the people I work with. So mm. when I'm doing my own content, I'm like, I can pick who I work with and what I do. It's fucking awesome. Isn't it great yeah. to like do your own yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who are some of your favorite people that you like to work with? Oh, my God. So I'm obsessed with Jenna Sativa. Yeah, she's pretty Jesus great. Christ. She's pretty great. She's fucking awesome. Um, Tori Ivano and I have like a... A thing, which is great. <laughs> that's like my best friend, though. Um, that's girl-wise. And then guys, I really like just any male talent that's like passionate but can also do like a a rougher scene with me because I tend to go mm-hmm. on like the crazy side. Yeah, so, you're, yeah, no, you're yeah. known for like your rough stuff. Yeah. So, so how do you prepare for a scene like that? Do you... Okay, so obviously with guys that you've worked with quite a bit, I assume that like you guys kind of have a rapport and he knows like what you're cool with and what you're not. How do you handle it when you're working with somebody that you don't know so well? Um, I don't usually enjoy doing a really crazy scene with like a newer guy because mm. a lot of times they haven't had a lot of experience doing rough stuff and there's a correct and incorrect way to like hit someone or pull your hair or all of that so I'd rather not my first time like working with a guy it being like right aggressive unless it was like Rocco the first time working with Rocco obviously it was like well he knows what he's doing yeah I was yeah. like oh speak yeah. I'm gonna need two weeks off for this scene I already know <laughs> <laughs> so can you like elaborate a little bit on like the right way to hit someone or the right way to pull someone's hair because that's probably going to confuse a lot of people okay so when I don't if you hit someone in the face and it goes a little too high, like mm-hmm. in the temple area, I've had that happen and it blacked my eye. Ooh. And that's like, obviously takes a long time to heal. Um, pulling hair, a lot of people want to pull like at the end and you should really like come in at like the root. The base. Yeah, the base. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I can't hit other people. So I don't really know how. I just know it feels good to me. Okay. Yeah. So you like being like slapped in the face? Oh yeah. I, I like yeah. It. I yeah. Like it too. Yeah. 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 My boyfriend won't do it to me. He thinks it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it makes him feel bad. Which I don't, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean, and it's more like, and that's the thing. I am kind of like that about choking too. I don't actually want to be choked out, but there's something just about the dominance of like putting your hand right. on my throat yeah. and applying some pressure, but I don't actually want you to like really choke me out. I actually don't like that, but I like, it's more like the motion. So like if you slap me in the face, I don't want you to fucking crack me across the face. Like 
like really hard. Like stun you and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. it's more about just like a, it's like a little love tap kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. Exactly. What's like your favorite, what are some of your favorite things to do in during a rough scene? Like what are some of your favorite oh, things? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm really into, I, it's so weird. It's so hard when I'm like in this setting to talk about because I'm like, oh, wow, I do some really crazy shit. Yeah. When I'm doing it, it doesn't seem so extreme to me. Out of context, it yeah, feels weird. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So um, I really like like spitting um i really into other people's sweat if i'm like really into the performer mm. i want all of their sweat i don't know why I'm just a fucking there's weirdo. like a whole study with pheromones and stuff like Maybe. that i was talking about this with a friend of mine because um chemistry like when they talk about chemistry between people it literally has to do with chemistry and how somebody smells and their pheromones like there's a whole biological background to it that I won't try to get into because I'm not that well versed in it. But it's something about like your genes kind of recognize in other people oh. genes that would benefit you in terms of producing a child. Oh, so you actually like have physical reactions to people. So that must be why, because it's not with every person. But no. some people, I'm like, I have. To, I don't know why. Like, put my hair in it. Like, let's yeah. mop the floor up with it. Yeah. Whatever you know. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's a. It's like a. It's like an intrinsic biological reaction. It's really, that really interesting. Now I have if to go you, look this up. Yeah, it's really interesting if you look into it um, because it's a whole like fascinating kind of science that you know people are still exploring. But like my boyfriend, like I love the way he smells when he's sweaty. Like I love like all that stuff. Like I'm into it. You know, yes. like I'm. I don't like if he smells bad. I like it, but. Then other people, like I was actually at spin class the other day and there was this guy next to me and, you know, people get sweaty and I was like so grossed out by the way that he smelled and I couldn't necessarily pinpoint why, but it's just, it's, it's really interesting. That's funny. My grandma told me like when I was younger, she was like, you'll know that you found the one when like his dirty laundry doesn't gross you out. And like, I wonder if that's like part of it. I think so. Absolutely. Cause I'll like smell like my boyfriend's underwear. Well, maybe, um, but you know, like if I miss him or something or like he's gone on a work trip, I'll like smell like his shirts yeah, or whatever. Like I when we that. first started dating, I would like sleep with them. I was like, such a dork. I, I do that. I still do that. Yeah. 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 So how long have you been with your guy? Um, shit. It's going to be two years. Okay. So it's up. been a while. Yeah. So does he work in the industry? Nope. He's a civilian. It's my first civilian ever. How, <laughs> is, how is that working out for you guys? Um, I'm lucky because he was, um, he understands the industry. He used to follow like Asa's podcasts and mm-hmm. stuff. So he gets like the, it, it's just a job. It's just a really cool job. And yeah. we do things that you wouldn't do at like an office job. Right, but, right. Um, he's really understanding, which I'm lucky because I know like that's not always the case when people in the industry date outside of our circle. Yeah. It gets weird. So you said this is the first guy that you've dated who hasn't been in porn? Yeah, both of my exes were... Um, not talent, but involved in the industry in some way. So. Did you find that that was easier in some ways and more difficult in other ways? Or uh, No, it's all been, I've been really lucky. Everyone's kind of been really understanding. But mm. I'm like, try to be honest and like, okay, this is what I do for a living. So what are our boundaries? Let's talk about them before we get to a point where mm-hmm. there might be an issue. I'd rather just get everything out there. Right. And, did it was it weird at the beginning? Like, how did you guys meet? Did he know what you did when you guys first met? We followed each other on <laughs> on Instagram for a really long time, okay. and then um, I'm really shy. So I am assuming that I don't know if you want to tell me what he does, but I'm assuming he does something kind of cool. Yeah, he do, he does art. So okay. he does cool art on the side, but um, his like bread and butter is like I paint night. It's kind of like a wine and sip or sip and wine, those kind of things where you go in and you get drunk. And, and you then, paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the number one artist in the world for that. Wait. He's like number one paint night guy. They changed the name, though, to like Yay Maker, I think, just now. I didn't but. actually know that there were, like, I knew that it was something that people do. Like, I just thought people did, like, randomly because it's fun, but I didn't know it was, like, like a thing. Yeah. Well, and he's in Northern California, so, like. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. So is he therefore like the best artist who can make art drunk? Like how does that, what does that um, mean? So his, or are there like competitions in this realm? His shows, he has like the best reviews. Um, he has the most, I think like the highest of like return customers that go back. He has like a following. 
So people, wait, does he host these things? Yeah. Okay. He's, in, he's insane when he does it. Like, it's like dirty jokes and it's like a sexy thing. It's so much fun. So, okay. So yeah. it's like a whole thing. It's the whole thing. Yeah. It sounds like fun. The problem is I don't drink, which is why, like, I've never gone to one. Oh. Because you, I don't I mean, know. you could go sober, but I think it would be more, his show is more fun. Drunk. Yeah. 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 Most things are more fun. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just, it's a whole other story. We'll get into why I don't drink. But yeah, I get it. Most things are more fun drunk. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you guys met that way. And then obviously he knew what you did for a living. Yeah. And then you went out. And did you guys like kind of like, how did that oh, discussion start? This is just something that's interesting to me. And I know it's interesting to a lot of civilians, as we call people who don't do porn, by the way. Um, because I think people in their head imagine that they could date a porn star and then they start dating a porn star and then they actually like catch the feelings. And then that's when it seems like everything changes for people because all of a sudden these guys realize they don't want to share this girl with the rest of the world. And then they get weird that like all their friends have seen her do stuff yeah. and like the dynamic changes. Yeah. So I, like I said, I followed him for a minute. I was in a relationship though. And then when I came out, I was single for a little bit, and then I was like, I slid into his DMs, and he thought I was kidding. And we talked for a really long time before we met up, and we were only going to meet up with the intention of just, like, hooking up. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I really wanted it to be, and so did he. We weren't looking for anything serious. Right. And then, God damn it, <laughs> um, crazy, crazy, crazy chemistry. So then we were like, fuck it, let's let's do this. And he's just, um, I took him to AVN last year, so he got to see it, mm-hmm. and... Do the whole red carpet thing with me. How did he find that? He loved it. He got to go and like you know see Asa. Me, and it's like if it wasn't for Asa, I I'm gonna we wouldn't be fan. in a relationship. He's an Asa fan. Yeah, so he's an Asa fan, and they took a picture together at a party I was supposed to be at, and that's how I started following him on Instagram. Mm. I was like, oh, this guy's cute, mm-hmm. and that's how. So we owe it to Asa. Oh, <laughs> I that's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Does she know that? Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking dope. So how did you get started in the adult industry? Um, I was like watching porn one night and you know how sometimes you can like you're really turned on and you'll do something that like you normally wouldn't do and then the next day you're like, oh fuck that, like whatever. So it's like weird. I usually that happens to be right after orgasm. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, that was weird. Yeah, like why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. I'm um, not gonna tell anyone about that. <laughs> <laughs> I like scrolled down and there's like a link. Because I was watching Mofos, mm. and there was a link that's like, become a model. And I'm like, yeah, I'm turned on. I'm totally going to do this. I didn't think that they were going to call me. And then, like, a couple days later, I get a call, and it's, like, from a, a really sweet chick who helped me through the whole process. Uh-huh. She's like, you want to come shoot three scenes in Miami? I'm like, um, sure, why not? Fuck it. And then I went down there, and I thought I was just going to do three scenes and then be done. And they're like, yeah, so, um, you know you can make a career out of this? You're pretty good. And I was like... Oh, I can? I could do this for a living? Yeah. Sure, let's try. And they're like, okay, you're going to get an agent and go to LA. I'm like, okay, cool. That's amazing. <laughs> so what was your first scene like? Oh my God, I was so nervous. Because I'm so shy. And even mm-hmm. still, like, I get super nervous doing like my pretty girls and sex deals. And then once sex starts, I'm fine. But yeah. I was a fucking nervous wreck. But luckily, I had like a really cool talent. And um, I do was you remember like, who grad- it was? His name was like a Leo. He mm-hmm. isn't, it was like a Miami guy. Okay. Um, and we did like a graduation like scene and it was really simple and the director was really cool. The director was, a uh, Ken Dark, Ken Dark. He shoots here now in LA for MoFo. Like, okay. But yeah. They, were, they made the whole thing like really cool. So you had a good first experience. Yes. Thank God. Which is great. Yeah. Cause so, not everybody does. Yeah. The three scenes I shot, I'm really lucky. I had a chick, I can't talk about what she does now because she actually has like a, I'll tell you when we're done, but, okay. um, she helped me through the entire thing and was like, don't, they wanted me to do my first anal for $1,200. I didn't know any better. So yeah. I was like, should I do it? And she called me and she's like, I can lose my job for this. Do not do that. Yeah. So she kind of was like giving me guidance through like the entire process of like, no, you save that. And when you do, you don't do it for $1,200. Yeah. I had no idea how rates worked. I knew right. nothing. Like, right. So she was really cool. And they helped me like pick an agent and do all that. Because obviously when I first came in, I wasn't ready to be a Spiegler girl. So Right, 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 right. I didn't even really know who he was. I didn't know anything. Yeah. It was just fresh. So for those of you who don't know, I've actually had him on this podcast before. But Mark Spiegler is 
probably the most coveted agent in the industry and being one of his girls is considered being a, is called being a Spiegel girl. And it's funny. I was actually thinking about this yesterday because I saw that he just signed Joanna Angel. Now, Joanna Angel has been in the industry for a while. She's well-established. She's got her own production company that was actually just bought out by Gamma. Um, she's really well known, she's very, very successful. It, yeah. She's awesome. So like, it was interesting to me because she hasn't had an agent. I don't think this entire time and she hasn't needed it. Like everybody knows who Joanna Angel is. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't need an agent. Um, and actually for a long time, she wasn't shooting for other companies. She yeah, was she only, her own thing, right? she was only shooting for her own thing. Cause I shot her a couple of times, but she hired me to shoot her. Um, and so I just was thinking about how interesting it was that she, you know, signed with, not that necessarily that she signed with Mark Spiegler, but that it was such a big deal. And now she's a Spiegler girl and all these other girls were saying like, welcome to the family. And it just kind of made me think about like the cult that is like Mark yeah. Spiegler. Like there's no other agency that's like that. You know, there's no other agency that people sign for and like they get the special like title. And then it's like this family and it's this huge honor, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's just, it's so interesting how that's become like its own thing. So tell me in your experience, like what it means to you to be a speaker girl. Cause I know that you said that it was a great accomplishment oh, of God, yours I and still, why you love him so much. I still remember what it was like to get myself out of my contract and have him like want to take me. I was like fucking freaking out. I was like, I'm going to be a speaker girl. What the fuck? This is so awesome. Um, to me, it's just like, I think it says a lot about you as a performer. It means that you're basically not a fuck up. You're, mm-hmm. you show up on set. You do bomb-ass scenes. Um, you're professional. You're on time. And then, like, it's just really cool. I can talk to Spiegler about real-life things that, you know, like, shit that comes up in my personal life. I can go and talk to him about that. And I haven't been able to do that with um, either of my previous agents. Because mm-hmm. I was with HMLA when I first came in. Then I was with LA Direct for almost two years before I went to Spiegler. Mm-hmm. So it's just really, I didn't have that connection with either of those agents. And in fact, when they called, you get that sense of dread when they call. When Spiegler calls, I'm like, oh, yay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, I don't know. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm I'm pretty good at my job if I get to be a Spiegler girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And speaking from a producer standpoint, and I've definitely said this before on this podcast, like, I know that if I'm hiring a speed girl, it's somebody who I expect is going to be professional, is going to be on time, would actually have read the script, will actually yeah. bring the wardrobe that I asked them to, um, and will be a good performer. Yeah. Like, those are all things that, like, I kind of assume when I hire someone from his agency. So it's something that definitely comes across to the producers as well. And um, I was talking to, I have a new assistant that's, that's working with me and I'm kind of still training her. And I was explaining to her all the different agents and stuff like that. And whenever we run into like a, like a wall in terms of, you know, uh, we can't find someone for this day or someone cancels on me last minute, I'm always like, if you text Spiegler, he will tell you right now if who's available. And what's great about with him is that like other agents, they might be like, okay, so and so and so so is available, shows as available this day, but I got to call him because even though they're not booked on a job, they may have like booked a doctor's appointment yeah. or something like that, that they have to do. And so they won't be able to do the shoot. So initially they'll tell you, oh yeah, this person's available. And then they'll call you back a few hours later and be like, oh no, she's not available. With a speak with Mark, I know that like if he says she's available, she's available. Yeah, like yeah. there's no right. like fucking around with He's that. So like I can rely on it. on it, and I know that he'll get back to me immediately, and that girl will be like on set in like an hour. Like she will come right away. So if you guys want to take a day off, like a doctor's appointment or something like that, you have to tell oh, him that, tell right? Him. Yeah, and you have to you schedule have to that him. in. Yeah, it's like. I like it because he treats this like it's a real job, as it should be. Yeah. Um, so if you want to take off work, you tell him. If Oh, my God, God forbid I have to be five minutes late for a scene or something, which never happens, but there has been a time I got in a fender bender. I text him and let him know, like you would with a real employee, like, hey, can you let the director know I'm running a little bit time, like, behind? Mm-hmm. So he just keeps everything, like, professionally. I love it. Yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, if he has a girl that he knows tends to be late, he'll tell her to come, like, half an hour early. <laughs> Because like he'll like it's 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 pretty he's funny. Fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. I am. Um, I moved to Hollywood and I'm not used to living there, so I still text him like, 
hey, what time should I leave in the morning to be all oh, set of time? And he'll like break it down perfectly. Yeah, it's a clusterfuck. You know what else is funny about him too is that he can find anybody, like no matter where they are. I remember once he like dug up my home phone number and I was like, I don't know how you found it. But yeah, it's weird. You can't lie to him. No. He'll just you... look really stupid because he already knows the truth. I know. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. I don't know how he knows everything. <laughs> you should be like a fucking detective. It's ridiculous. I know. Um, okay, so in August 2015, you appeared in an episode of the Lifetime television series Living with the Enemy um, to defend your career against a self-proclaimed anti-pornography life coach. So can you tell us a little bit about this? Because this sounds uh, oh my God. pretty interesting and very confrontational. It was. You know, okay. So I signed up to do this show, but when you get selected... Um, they don't tell you who you're going to live with. Like they let that come out as you're meeting them. Okay, so, so yeah, can you kind of give us because I've never heard of this show. I so, think it got canned after one season, but it was called Living with the Enemy. So they would do people like a vegan person and then someone that like hunted animals, like uh, a hunter, and then they'd okay, be like, "All right, it. go live together for Jesus Christ." That sounds and then a something about they did a parenting episode where it was like um, a helicopter parent and then someone that's more like. Go, do whatever you want. Yeah. Those children have been taken away by social services. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So they would do this. And then um, I remember I didn't, uh, I didn't, I forgot what I was thinking. I was expecting. I can't remember, but I had no idea it was going to be someone that was like, oh, I thought I was going to get put with like someone really religious. Mm. And he wasn't religious at all. He was just like, used to be addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. He was like, um, it was causing issues with his marriage. So he lived with me here in LA. And then I had to go to Northern California. And I was really nervous about like staying in his house because he has children. And him and his wife were like, actually, you can't stay in our house. So the producers got me a hotel room. It was this crazy shit. But then we ended up like agreeing on a lot of things. Like, yeah, we think it should be a little bit harder um, than just clicking that you're 18 mm-hmm. to access porn. Mm-hmm. So we had like a lot of times where we were agreeing, but it's a reality show. So the producers would create drama between us. Yeah, I know how that is. And I was like, this is not really reality. So actually, did you find that it wasn't as confrontational as you thought it would be? Like, was he pretty open to like communicating? Yeah, we wanted to like um, kind of brainstorm a way to see how we could make it harder for children to access porn. Because it's mm. super easy. Yeah. So... um they didn't like that we got along really well. We're like, oh, you know what? This is right. And then they would just create shit. Then they made me meet some like random girl who um, said that pornography made her guy basically have a domestic violence situation with her. So we got into a, like a crazy heated argument, and I made her cry, and then I felt horrible. Like so, I was like, I don't ever want to do this ever yeah. again. <laughs> like, yeah, it was not. Not fun. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like fun at all. And um, I'm I kind of hate confrontation, so I don't think you could pay me like any amount of money to do that. Yeah, it was insane. But did you did you come away from that experience feeling like maybe you learned a little bit? Like, did it kind of, or do you feel like he learned something from you? Like, do you think it was actually in the end a positive thing, despite what the producers tried to turn it into? Yeah, because we. and I actually, this makes me want to reach back out to him. His wife and him ended up being really sweet to me. Mm. You know, there was just like a weird, like, obviously, who's going to let a random boring girl come live in their house? Like, yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, I get yeah. it. But yeah, there's like a lot of things that we touch bases on on the show that I'm like, there are common grounds and there are things that we can do to to make it harder to access. And we should be talking about that more. I agree. And um, And also making it known that like, don't go to porn for sex education. That's not what this is for, unless it's like a specific video saying, okay, this is an Which is specifically for sex right. education. Yeah. yeah. I know. Sometimes I feel like we get so wrapped up in like defending ourselves against like the moral majority that we forget that sometimes like there are some things in this industry that could be improved. Yeah, for sure. There's- and that people like who are against porn have some valid points that we should look at. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like the porn industry gets a little too defensive, which is understandable considering the stigma and all of the shit that we come up against all the time. But sometimes I feel like we could open ourselves to a little bit more 
courteous discourse. Yeah, because I think what it is is we're so used to always having to have our walls up that we yeah. don't always want to like listen to, even yeah. if they're valid points. Yeah, so absolutely. we should try to do that more. I think yeah. it would be better for everyone. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about doggies. Yeah! <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon it's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. And there you can donate to support these incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind-the-scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart, and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic, and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there, and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, we're back. So um, I want to ask you about one of my favorite subjects. Um, so you do volunteer work for the Humane Society. Yeah. And you foster dogs in your spare time. Yes. I am like a huge dog person. Aww. So, but I have to admit, like, I can't, I'm kind of a hypocrite because like I can't work at a pound. I can't like foster dog because I can't handle, like I can't even go into a pound. It makes me so insanely depressed. I'm real sensitive about dogs and like I can't foster dogs because like I couldn't give them away. So like I can't watch those. When people post stuff on social media about like dogs being tortured, dogs being abandoned, like I can't watch that stuff. Like it really fucks me up and it sends me to a dark place. So I just like throw money at the ASPCA. <laughs> like, take my money, but don't tell me about any of the horrible things that are happening. Just right. fucking take care of it because, like, I get real fucked up about it. So how does that work for you? Like, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do? So um, I got both my dogs are rescues. When I rescued the last guy, he's really difficult, so I'm unable to take any other dogs into my house. So, you I know, know, so what, he's kind of permanent. Oh, he's a permanent I totally thing and know what you mean. He's an asshole. But I love him. But yeah, he's an asshole. I know. What kind of dog is it? Um, he, I know he has um, Pitbull in him. Like a, He's a staffy mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a lab because he has webbed toes. Mm-hmm. And he's, re- he's really big. So I'm thinking lab. What's your other dog? It's a shepherd husky. Okay. So I just have two handfuls. <laughs> so how do how does the difficult dog... What's the difficult dog's name? Jones. Jones. And then what's the... Kaya. Kaya. So how does Jones handle Kaya? Um, so that was like a really traumatic. I didn't think I was gonna be able to keep him when I first got him because he's just he was so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um he's pretty chill with her now. Every once in a while, like like I'd say once every four or five months I have to break up a dog fight. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, okay. I <laughs> I know exactly how you feel because I have two dogs too. I have a pit bull German Shepherd mix, Khaleesi. And oh, yeah, I have yeah, she's the tan one. And then I have a German, and then I have an Australian Shepherd mix, Bonnie, who actually I got from Scott Nails. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, so wow. I adopted her from Scott Nails cool. like years ago. What a smart dog, I bet. Australian Shepherds are great. Yeah, she's so, and she's super chill. Like, she's so sweet. She's the sweetest, gentlest dog. She never barks. She's never, ever, ever aggressive. Um, and, and she's great. So when I got Khaleesi, I got her as a puppy. They're both rescues. I got Khaleesi as a, as a rescue puppy. And to be completely honest, like when I went to go get her, I didn't know that she was part pit bull. And I, like, I, I, there are some pit bulls that I've met that are amazing and I like love them, but I wouldn't purposely go out and get a pit bull just because I know if you get a difficult one, it, it can be pretty. It's hard. Bad. It's hard to rent. Um, yeah, because I rent, so I have you know a pit bull, and technically we're not supposed to have them. But yeah, I know I, what you mean. I found all the loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I went to the shelter. 
I was like, I was telling my guy at the time, I was like, you know, just anything but a pit bull. I don't want to have to go through. Yes. I don't want to have to go through like not being able to rent places mm-hmm. and things like that. And then that's what I got. And I don't regret. He's like the best dog in the world. He's just, he's a lot of work. And I yeah. got him at six and a half years old. So he, all these behaviors are right. pretty yeah. deeply rooted. Yeah. So, I just deal with it. He gets walked by himself because he's pretty bad on a leash. And I'll just, like, duck him between cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. And have a whole system. So now since, like, I can't foster, instead of doing a wish list, because I, I kind of hate that. Mm-hmm. And now I get shit for that, but I hate wish lists. Um, I, like, will, uh, I post for, I got really attached to Rock and Roll Rescue because mm-hmm. I know the lady there and I will be like, hey, this dog needs surgery. Donate $50 or more. I'm going to send you an autographed DVD and an 8 by 10 Like, I try to rally for donations for That's that. Really yeah, because I'm just, I'm a big softie and I try yeah. to like share and network the dogs my Instagram page and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, I know I know what you mean. Um, so I got Khaleesi as a, but the thing was is that once they put her in my arms, I wasn't going to like turn her in. I wasn't be like, no, she's a pit bull. I'll take her back. Like, there's no, there's no way. You just gave me a no, puppy. Yeah, I'm that's... like not gonna take him back. And she was one of seven, you know. And they were having a hard time. And that's the thing with pit bulls is they have a lot of puppies. That's why there's so many of them. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take her, and I'm like, and I'm gonna raise her right, and so like she won't be aggressive, right? Because it's about the owner, not about the dog or whatever. Bad dog is a bad owner. But she just ended up, and she, no trauma in her life. I trained her and all that stuff, but she can be dog aggressive for sure. And she's fine. Her and Bonnie are fine. And I think a big part of it is because Bonnie's very submissive and she grew up with her. Khaleesi was a puppy when I brought her in. So, And then my brother has a dog, Tommy, who's also, they get along fine. Um and but every once in a while, uh, she she's gone after a couple of my mom's like little dogs. She doesn't like little dogs, so Aww. I have to be careful with her with that. And um, I, I get it; like she she can be difficult. She's actually good walking. I sent her to boot camp for two weeks, which was very expensive. But how like, was it? It was great. Yeah. It helped so much. I've been it, thinking about that. It helped some. I have someone I can recommend you to. Yeah. It helped a lot. Um, so she's pretty well trained for the most part, but I just have to be careful with her. I have to make sure I don't put her in situation. Like my trainer said, he said, don't, you know, none of this is foolproof. He said, just don't set her up for failure. Don't put her in situations where something dangerous could happen. You know what I mean? So that's what I do with my guy. Like he gets to go to the dog park, but when he goes, he's muzzled. Like, yeah, I hate it. And people look at me crazy, but I still want him to have a full life, even though he's a dick. Yeah. So I just... I have, have a muzzle. <laughs> I have a muzzle for my dog too, and I have to put her it on her when I take her to the ranch to hang out at my parents because she will. And with the muzzle on, she will still sometimes try to attack the little dogs. And she so sent them mine. to the fucking hospital. Oh my god! Like they've had to have full stitches. Cost me a lot of money. Oh shit! And so like I'm not about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like when she goes, you know that she gets that pit bull. They see they're red, stubborn. yeah. They're, and and just, she like, doesn't want to let go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's really bad. But in the house, they're like the. I swear to they're like the biggest cuddle buddies. They're oh just, God. Yeah. No, she like she she can be a little iffy with strangers sometimes. It takes her a while to kind of get to know you. But when she knows you, she's like so cool and yeah. she's so affectionate. Aww. And you know, she just like I just love her so much. Like so much. We just actually I was saying we went to Sequoia's last month last month, last week. And uh, it was snowing, and we took them up there in the snow for the first time, and they had such a good time. It was so awesome. And we went down this trail, and I, like, knew nobody was out and around because it was snowing, like, really heavily. And we let them off a leash, and they just, like – and I took a video of it, and I swear to God, like, when I'm feeling down, I watch that video, and it makes me, like, so happy. Is that so funny how they're, like – they're, like, your children. And, like, they just bring – I just love her so much. She brings me so much joy. But I'm just saying, like, I understand what it's like to have, like, a difficult dog. But, you know, you just... You do it out of love. Like, I put up with so much shit, yeah. and I, I don't even care. So yeah. the, I see, like, there's a guy in my building. He got this adorable, like, obviously from a breeder, like, mm-hmm. the most picture-perfect poster um, golden retriever puppy. Mm-hmm. And I just found out he got rid of it because it was too hard. And I'm like, you have the easiest... That's the easiest breed. That's why it's, like, the number one family dog, yeah. like... Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, 
I know. I don't want to hear it. There's no excuses. I have to go through so much shit with my dog and I don't even care. I'm just like, whatever. I know. I agree with you. And that's the thing. And sometimes when I get like frustrated about it, um, I just think to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm just lucky that I'm in a position that I can manage this dog and that I have like the resources to, and I have a system with her and that I'm able to give her a great life. Um, because you know, if I just like decided she was too hard and I gave her up and I'd send her to a pound, like no one would adopt her. No, that's how my guy would be put down. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, I'm just lucky that I can, I have the resources to be able to take care of her, give her a great life. And she's like, I mean, I love her so much, so I yeah, get it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not everyone's like that, obviously. So no, it's fucking dope that you I don't. That. I don't understand how you can give up your dog. Like, I just, uh, like, over my dead body. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, over my dead body, you can take my fucking dog. Right. I'll kill, I'll kill <laughs> you. It's, like, crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So let's go back to uh, you. Because <laughs> I could talk about dogs for fucking ever. Me too. Ever. Wait, that can't be the whole podcast. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, uh, this is not a dog podcast. <laughs> Um, so you're passionate about poetry. I am. And you know, what's so funny. I'm like such a, f- <sighs> okay. One of my only new year's resolutions is like, I'm going to let people start seeing my stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm scared. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's an extremely intimate part of you. And it's funny because people who, you know, don't probably don't really understand porn are like, what? You've already shown us your most intimate parts, but I mean, the poetry is like, that's your heart. And that's, that's a hard thing to come up against. I used to write poetry too. And really? um, yeah, and there's no fucking way I was going to let anybody read that stuff. I know. It's, it's tough. I'm like thinking about making like an Instagram, but no one knows it's me and like posting, but then like, that's actually know. not a bad idea. Cause then you could at least get it out there and then like see some initial reaction and maybe, Maybe if it got enough positive reaction, it would give you the the courage to come forward. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like, I can do all this crazy stuff on camera, but God forbid someone yeah. read my notes on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What kind of, what is your poetry generally about? Anything like, in particular? Love, because I fell in love for the first time with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was engaged before him, so I thought I was, like, I... I loved the people I was with, but I was never like in love. So now I'm like crazy head over heels and it's fucking weird and crazy to me. So I write everything like all mushy shit. And I'm like, I can't let anyone see that. (laughs) I have to look really tough. Hold on. And I do not look tough in my poetry. Does he, have you let him read it? I've let him read like one thing and then I like regretted it. And then I wrote him this thing and I got lost in my own. I'm so fucking happy that it did. I was like, thank God he never got it. Like (laughs) I, I sent it out and it was like immediate regret. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like a poetry workshop or anything like that? I should. I should look into that. You should. Yeah. Man, my goal, like I said, I have to do this eventually. I'm just nerve wracking. I I get it. It's scary. It's a very, it's a very intimate part of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing. See, here's like also another, like the difference kind of between, you know, like doing porn and writing poetry. When you're doing porn, yeah, it's intimate, but it's parts of your body, you know? And if you're an exhibitionist, which I assume you are, like, that's not a big thing. Like, to me, like, I couldn't shoot being porn because I'm not an exhibitionist. I'm too, like, nervous about, like, showing everybody everything. Like, to me, I, I can't. But, like, for people who are exhibitionists, it's not, you know, such a big deal. That's why they love it. That's why they feel free yeah. doing it. And, you know, obviously you're working with somebody else. So you're bouncing off of somebody else's energy and it's a whole collaboration putting the scene together. It's you, the director, the other um, talent, makeup artist, you know, like all this stuff. So it's like a team effort. But poetry, it's you and one other person. It's you and one other person. It's you and the paper. It's you and your pen. That's it. That's all it is. And there's like, you know... I mean, it's very much all you, and that's pretty scary. It's so it's so scary, you know. I I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get over that. I don't know how. I'm going to try to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I think I you should. Yeah. You should also, like I was telling you before the podcast, you should go check out my friend Derek Brown's poetry, his stuff. And by the way, for, for those of you who are listening, um, he I had him on my podcast. I think he was like my. Fourth interview or third interview or something like that, um, but he's amazing and he's so great to watch live. 
Like he does when he reads his stuff aloud, like some of his music accompanying. He's just a great showman oh. and his poetry is beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. I, I re- always recommend him to anybody. If you like, po- if, or even if you don't like poetry, like Derek Brown will change your mind about poetry for sure. He's great. I'll have to look him up. I have it written down my notes. So I can yeah, like, definitely look it up. I'd love to go and see him live. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Um, okay, so I want to talk about um, your extreme scenes because I know you've done some pretty like hardcore <laughs> stuff. We kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, but you've done like some extreme like bondage and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's like a clip that's circulating. Um, when I first did it, um, people were assuming that I was doing drugs because like I snorted like five loads of cum. What? What? Yeah. Oh God. Ah. <laughs> uh. Wait, did that, that, wait, okay, hold on a second. How did that, how, I've never tried to snort liquid. Um, let me just say I had the worst headache of my life and it was fun. So I was doing this really, uh, shit, you know, legal porno, they're pretty extreme. Um, I went to Prague for two weeks and afterwards I was like having crazy chemistry with one of the male talents and he's like, well, you snort the cum. And the director's like, yeah, we snort it. I was like, sure, why not? Because I'm like, I'm turned on. Yeah, you're, you're in the moment. Yeah, they're like, you're the only girl in four years that said yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. You just keep asking the question long enough, someone's going to say yes. Yeah, so I did it. And then idiots on Twitter, like, you can tell I'm snorting liquid. But people are like, you're doing drugs on set. I'm like, I'm a Spiegler girl. If I'm ever doing cocaine on set, I can assure you I will no longer be a Spiegler girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, that was insane. I got lost shit. I like that people were more horrified at the idea of you doing coke, of snorting coke, (laughs) than snorting cum. Because to me, snorting cum is like way worse than snorting coke. (laughs) Like, oh my fucking god. Yes, I did that. Um, I'm not. Did that burn? It didn't burn at all. Like, yeah, it wasn't bad. It's just like that night, I got a really bad headache. Yeah, it's probably not. I can imagine. It was like four or five loads. I think four loads. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, it was like a huge pile. I just like, fuck, girl. Okay, I'm like (laughs) thoroughly impressed. (laughs) I've never heard that before, and I thought I'd heard everything. I like to, I like to treat this kind of like a circus act. Like, I love it. I get off on just really shocking people or upsetting people. I know I shouldn't do it with religion, but I do because I'm atheist. Uh So, um. Like, and I don't mean to offend you if you're religious, but I'm not religious. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I really wanted to do a bondage scene around Christmas where I got dressed up like Jesus and beat on a cross, and I did it. It was awesome. They made the cross spin. So I was on a spinning cross with a beard as Jesus. Wait, you wore a beard? Yeah. Oh, man, girl. That's amazing. Yeah, I got death threats for that. I bet you did. <laughs> I didn't like that. I got to drag in my cross. It was so awesome. Like, it was, <laughs> it was the best thing ever. But people don't like it when I come at religion like that. No. So because of that, I like to do it more. I like to, I just like to shock people. I don't really want to hurt anyone's feelings. I just like to be like, no, you didn't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like Jesus can take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jesus was totally in the bondage. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> he's also, he's got other things to worry about. He's not too mad if you're like doing a porno and got a beard on yeah. and, you know, Jesus is fine with it. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to cool. go out there and yeah, say yeah, that yeah. Jesus, Jesus is cool, cool with it. Yeah. Jesus is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you were saying earlier too, about you had like a bunch of, You've had like pins stuck in you too. Oh, I just did that around Thanksgiving. Um, so tell me oh, exactly gosh. what the, like did like through the whole. Uh, no, it was like I had a picture. Um, it's I did like through the areola, yeah, and then all like into my chest, like through my chest, and uh, I did like four needles in each boob. So are you into pain? I'm assuming you're into. Oh, pain. I'm a big pain slut. Um, what does it do for you? Like, how can you describe like what how it makes you feel? Why you're into it? The science is like basically it when someone's into pain like that, it releases endorphins like the same way if like someone was like doing heroin mm-hmm. is what I read. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So um, I really enjoy just like I get high off of it, uh-huh. and I really and I'm like such a control freak in most areas of my life that when I'm being submissive, I give up all of that. Right. And it's like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. I don't have to think. And I like that. Um, but I get, I get a huge adrenaline rush from doing it. Uh-huh. So I'm like, let's go fucking crazy. Like, 
But it has and, to be in the right context, right? Because like when you stub your toe, oh, you're not yeah. like into no, that. I have to, and like I'm very, very selective with who I do bondage, mm-hmm. extreme bondage for, and I only do it with one company. Right? Is so, that kink? No, I don't. I don't really care for kink that much. Wow. I, only if it's Aiden Star, then absolutely. Everyone okay. else, not so much. Um, okay. I shoot for insects. Okay. With my hard, my hard stuff. Okay. It, it, actually, it's funny because I dated a dom for a while, and that was like his favorite website. Dude, they're. I cannot say enough about them. They're, they've been so great to me. And like really, like I, we've done the waterboarding with them, which I was pretty scary. I've done like all the things that I didn't think I'd ever do. Like I'm petrified of a cattle prod, and I tried that out around Thanksgiving just because I know like I'm in a situation where it's safe and they know what they're doing. So did you feel like, okay, so do you get the sense like, okay, I'm afraid of this thing. I want to try to conquer that fear like through a safe environment? Yeah. I'm like, okay. what can I do to scare the shit out of myself? I'm like, let's mummify me. Let's try that. So what did what that. is that? Oh, so I was assuming they wrapped you yeah, in bandages. They wrapped me really tight and then um, bagged my head on top of it. And it's like a claustrophobic feeling, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I was like, I want to try needle play. And they do really, do you know who London River is? Yes. She does all of her crazy stuff with them. Okay. So I'm like, I want to do needle play. They've like sewn her vagina up before. What? Yeah. So I'm like, I want to try it just my boobs. And I also get my nipples pierced. So this will be a test to see if I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And then like last month I got my nipples pierced. I'm like, yes, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's some crazy, crazy shit. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. I would so not be into <laughs> any of that stuff. And I, you know, I like it kind of rough, but you were like next level. The waterboarding was like probably the only thing I don't think I'll try again. That was really traumatizing. Like, that's no joke. We did it inverted, like the uh-huh. right, the like how it would the be correct. done. Yeah, the yeah. correct way. And I'm like, wow. Dude, I couldn't handle very much of it. <laughs> and I can, yeah. I can take a lot. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maddie, you were like next level shit girl, I gotta say. I am thoroughly impressed. I just like to shock people, you know? Yeah. Because I don't look like it. People expect me to, like, if you're into bondage, I should have black hair and tattoos mm-hmm. and be goth. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm your girl next door that likes to get beat up. Do you feel like that's a big part of your success because, like, your image is so different than, like, what you actually do? Yeah. I think it's, there's an appeal to that. I know, like, when I watch harder stuff I want to see the girl that looks like she doesn't do it doing yeah. all the crazy stuff yeah the yeah. unexpected yeah yeah it's hot. I got it <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on Maddie thank this you for was, having me this is great yeah. and uh, I won't lie you made my skin crawl a couple times but in a good way <laughs> awesome <laughs> I don't know if I can I like kind of want to go watch these scenes that you've done but I don't I don't know if I can I, I might I might like have to watch it through my fingers <laughs> but uh, props to you for for all that because that's some that's some pretty intense stuff yes. and I'm very impressed. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of yours. So I was like, I've been like watching you like post about the podcast. I'm like, dude, I totally want to do that. Oh, but I didn't want to be like cheesy and reach out to you. And then you're like, will you do it? I'm like, oh, fuck yes. I've been wanting to. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, of course. I'm, I'm very honored that you came on. Thank you for having me. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? And if you have anything in particular that you want to promote? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Maddie O'Reilly Triple X and on Instagram X Maddie O'Reilly X. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Maddie. Thank you. And I will see the rest of you guys next week. Well, if you've listened all the way up to this point, I'm going to assume you're probably a fan of the podcast or at least of this episode. So what I would appreciate more than anything is if you would rate and review my podcast, please give me five stars. I would so appreciate it. And also tell your friends about it. Um, Word of mouth is a really powerful tool in getting podcasts up there in the charts. Next week on the show, we have Rob Piper, a very sexy male performer who I've had a lot of requests to have on the show. So I'm very excited to have him here. So make sure that you guys tune in next week for Rob Piper on Holly Randall Unfiltered.